Star Trek, the TV program from the 60s. These are the commentaries of the siblings Alex and Sammy. Their ongoing mission? To discuss creative science fiction concepts. To examine interesting character dynamics and occasionally terrible writing. To To boldly go go where no podcast has gone gone before. before. Tricorder readings indicate that it is a beautiful day outside, but we should probably stay on the ship just to be safe. <laughs> I got nothing. I, you I got nothing. <laughs> okay. All right. Yes. Uh, yes. Hello, I everyone. Yes, and that, but <laughs> worst, worst yes, and I've ever heard. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. This is Star Trek, the original siblings podcast, and we're the original siblings. Sammy, tell them what we do on the show. Okay, well, in my defense, I feel like that was just kind of a one-liner. I don't think there was very much for me to go off of, but yeah. Yes, and I think that you could have... Oh, sorry. Okay, you're still going. (laughs) Now you got me nervous. (laughs) Yes, and we're doing the intro to the show. Oh, oh, you're you're still going. Okay, all right. Yeah, the intro, the intro. Do you want to do it? No, I, I feel like you're nailing it. You I mean, yes, and I feel me. like you're nailing it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So, uh, for this show, I guess me and Alex are friends and siblings, but right now I feel like we're just siblings. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Okay, so we watch original episodes of Star Trek, and we talk through the whole thing, and I've seen them before, but it's been a minute, and Alex has not seen them before, so... Yeah, that's that's the whole thing. And you may be wondering, what are our qualifications? What gives us the right to lord over these science fiction masterpieces of 60 mm-hmm. years ago? Who are we to comment on them and give our input and make fun of them? Yeah, well, and to all of you asking that question, I just want to say, it's none of your business. Yeah, yeah, shut up if you're saying keep, that. Who keep are, your who are you? yourself, yeah, honestly. Who are you to question us? Yeah. <laughs> You think you're better than Maybe us? Maybe stop being so judgmental. And let us do the judging. We'll be judgmental. You just you just listen and enjoy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Great. I'm glad we got that out of the way. How how are things in your life, Sammy? Oh, they're good. So I adopted bunnies recently. I don't know if I mentioned that last time we were recording. I don't think you did. Oh, but well, they're so cute, and I love them. And so I'm just trying to get in as much bunny time as possible. <laughs> oh, they're the sweetest. So... You should dress them up like the evil dog, or the dog that becomes the good and evil dog in the, uh, with, the like, enemy within episode. Yeah, within like the fuzzy suit. <laughs> oh, like, they're, they're so space sweet. bunnies. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I also have a three day weekend this weekend, so like I'm just living it up. Life is really good. Yes, how about same. You? I don't know how to. I don't even know how to wrap my head around a three-day weekend. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do? Oh well, let's see. Oh, I, I actually I want to comment on one thing to you real quick that made me laugh. Uh-huh. I didn't realize I have my uh, GPS tracker for you is still on on my phone, um, oh, which yeah? I didn't realize. So, so I accidentally opened it up earlier and like saw where uh-huh. you are. You live in uh-huh. the middle of effing nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I always live in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> which I knew, thing. but it was like funny to see it on a map just to be like, oh, jeez. <laughs> There's nothing over there. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way I like it. Right. Anyway, yeah, let's see. I'm good. It's oh, it's my it's my birthday weekend this weekend. It Woo-hoo! was a birthday a couple of days ago. Yeah. Bop, How did you bop. celebrate? 
Ate pop, lots pop. of pickles. <laughs> That's easily one of the weirdest answers you could give to that question. Right? I love a good pickle. There's a pickle restaurant near me, and I went there, and it was a great old time. Well, it's so. kind of sad because I feel like when we were kids, you would like when we went to places that gave out pickles, you would always give me your pickle. I didn't like pickles as a kid. I and don't I'm know sad that when that the change happened. Because I love I love getting somebody's pickle <laughs> when they don't like it. Yeah, I was I didn't like anything growing up, but now I'd like stuff, so Yeah, took, you just took liked a little mac too and long. cheese and sunny D. He only mm-hmm. liked things that were orange. Yep, I liked fruity pebbles quite a lot. Oh, he liked corn? Which is oh, yellow. I, was big I guess, on corn. I, I guess yes. he likes yellow and orange things. Mm-hmm. And now I like you know what I really like is street corn. You have much street corn, Sammy? No, tell me. No, it's like, uh, it's, I, th- I believe it's Mexican street corn. It's really good. They mm-hmm. just prepare it with all the stuff on top of it. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's just delicious. But it's like, I can't believe having grown up in Kansas that it was like not until adulthood that I discovered like what now I feel is like the best type of corn. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I feel like that's how mom and dad make corn. I feel like they really like spice it up. You know? Yeah, they do quite a, yeah, last couple times we had corn with them. But growing up, we didn't have, we just had regular corn. Yeah, exactly. So. Just regular Midwest corn. Mm-hmm. So Butter, salt, that's all. This has been the uh, the corn segment of the of the show. <laughs> corn and now trek. we'll get into the porn segment. Bow, oh bow, no. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh let's see. I got a uh, I got a Nintendo Switch for my birthday though, and I got I last night played quite a bit of Super Mario Odyssey. Which is Ooh. stupid fun. Another game. I, this is obviously going to be like a theme that I'm like constantly playing uh-huh. games that are like five years old that everyone's already played. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> oh, but man, very very fun. So that's all. I, that's all I really have to say about it. But uh, what a blast, <laughs> man! Hey, they, um, you know, these modern video talking... games, they really figured it out. You know, I was I was stuck <laughs> with that N64 for so long, and now in this last year, I started playing some of the newer stuff, and I'm like, uh-huh. oh, these these have been getting more it. fun. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I was talking with this woman I work with about this old computer game that we used to play in computer lab class, like after you finish like making your PowerPoint presentation about the Saints or whatever else mm-hmm. we did in like computer class. Was it Zumbinis? Do you remember Zumbinis? <laughs> I knew I knew it was gonna be Zumbinis. Of course. How I was could like I forget? talking to Spencer last night and I was like, Will you download Zumbinis for me? And she was just like, Oh my god. And I was oh like, Please, I have to play it and see if it's still fun. I bet it's on Steam. I, I bet I could get Zumbinis. That's what I was saying. Oh my gosh, will you get Zumbinis for us? Of course. Yeah, yeah, we'll get Zumbinis. Yeah, I bet I bet, it's, I bet it's like cheap too. I bet it's like $6 or something. Oh my gosh. We, I missed that have, game. It was so fun. We also have uh, two copies of Sims 4 that we can't play. That are unplayable. <laughs> yeah, I that can know. only be played on a Windows computer, which neither of us wah, have. But I, but I bought both copies. So And I refuse to return them. I'm hanging on to them until... I don't know you until they make it computer? Mac compatible. Yeah, or I get a Windows computer. Play it on my work computer. Oh my god! <laughs> I guess that's a bit illogical, wouldn't you say, Sammy? <laughs> <laughs> I find this most illogical. I guess so. This is the highly illogical segment of the show. This is where we go through and fix all the stuff that we said that was not true in the last episode. Okay, so last episode, I wondered if Bertold Rays ever made a return in TNG, and it turns out they did not. And on that subject, Alex, do you remember the type of, like, ray thing they used to, like, clean the ship? 
in oh, TNG. In the in the Die Hard episode where Yeah. The Picard oh, Die Hard such a episode. Good episode. That is a good episode. Yeah, I really like that one. And no, I do not at all remember okay. what those rays are called. Yeah. But uh I guess we can tell you next week. <laughs> <laughs> Big yellow skinny wall things. Yeah, those were cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good episode. I don't remember what's called either, or else I'd say the title of the episode. Oh, Bones, as it turns out, we were wondering last week when he started doing his southern accent and calling Kirk Jim Boy. <laughs> Jim Boy, gotta get down to the planet and eat some grass with the rest of us, and smoke some grass and eat some grass, and have some sarsaparilla. It turns out he is from Atlanta, Georgia. Which, like, can I say it totally tracks that he would kind of, like, slip more into his accent when he's, like, relaxed? Like, that's totally sure. a thing. Yeah, I think so. We have family members who, uh, as they drink, their Minnesota accents come out. Uh-huh, exactly. Don't you know? <laughs> Don't you know? So, Jill Ireland, the actress who played Leela in the last episode, was 30 years old at the time of filming, which is totally age-appropriate. Yeah, oh, yeah, wasn't a, wasn't a weird age, but Good we were job, definitely guys. not sure. So, like, yeah. 30 is practically like an old woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't believe they featured this hag in their episode. <laughs> and then last episode, I, I wondered if there was an episode of Friends where the gang gets high. I was speculating that there was an episode where they, like, eat, like, pot brownies or something on accident uh-huh. where they're like, oh, we thought they were just regular brownies that Phoebe left here. That was my guess, uh-huh. but that episode doesn't exist. But there is an episode called the one where Ross got high. Which I have not seen, so I don't know what happens I in that episode. I think that's actually, they're just talking about Ross getting high okay, in the past I and blaming yeah. it on Chandler, if I'm thinking of the right Because I couldn't find any funny clips He's of Ross being high. He's not actively high on screen. I and can then another one. is high about 50% of the time, if Absolutely. not more. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's just a characterism. And then there's okay. another one, the one with the stone guy, which I have seen. That's pretty funny. He's like supposed to again? be like he's supposed to be like reviewing food for like Monica's upcoming restaurant oh or whatever. God, decides she's going to be the chef. Yeah, and he just wants to eat. He like, shows up and he's like and stupid shit. high. Yeah, he like it's wants to eat so like the tortilla funny. shells and stuff. <laughs> That's so relatable. There's a, there's a part where he goes tartlet, tartlet, tartlet. <laughs> the words lost all meaning. <laughs> it's such a good depiction, honestly. Yeah, it's, it is a pretty funny performance. When we have our stoned episode one day, it'll be a lot of that. Mm-hmm. A lot of tartlet, which is pretty <laughs> illogical. Totally, completely, absolutely, irrevocably, highly illogical. Is that like a Ferengi face? <laughs> no, just a stupid face. <laughs> My highly logical transitions are getting a bit over the top. <laughs> Let's open our hailing frequencies. All right, if you would. Hailing frequencies open, sir. Thank you, Uhura. Thank you, Uhura. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine how stilted everything would be in the show if they all did thank each other every time that they did their jobs? No, they should only thank Uhura. <laughs> Just Uhura. Thank you. <laughs> okay, this is the subspace frequencies open segment of the show. This is where we go through and we read messages sent to us by you, the listenership. You can send us a message at stosibspod at gmail.com or we have an Instagram that nobody messages, but but you're welcome to message it. You could be the first one. Uh, also called <laughs> stosibspod. We also post funny stuff from the episodes on the Instagram, so you know, it's worth, worth checking it out, worth following it if you want to see what we're up to. Uh, you can see me and my uh, looking dashing in my Starfleet uniform over there. 
You can see Sammy's uh, <laughs> st uh, Star Trek-themed rubber duckies. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, write us a message. We'll read it here on the show. Today we have two subspace messages, and we're going to read them here for you. The first one is from none other than... Samuel B. That's right. He was gone for a minute. He kept us in suspense, but now he's back and better than ever. Always leave him wanting more. That's right. Admiral Samuel B. has written us. He says, Admiral's Log, USS Poutine, Stardate, <laughs> Saturday. I love Poutine. <laughs> he says, The Canadians know. <laughs> the, the Canadian dish. He says, Hello, Sibs. I greatly enjoyed the second round of Trek merch, real or not real. I must say, I do not recommend the Enterprise Pizza Cutter. I owned one for a couple of years, but it was impossible to clean unless we took it apart. And then we lost the oh, tiny man. screws that held together, so bye-bye USS Pizza Cutter. <laughs> Good to know. Right? Pretty disappointing. But I'm glad he did a field test for us. I'm glad. <laughs> Let's see. He says, so excited that Ensign Jasper is a fellow Canadian like myself. I personally hail from Manitoba, which does not have any weird alien-themed towns. We do, oh, however, man. have a town called Flin Flon that is named after a character from a 1905 sci-fi novel called The Sunless City. Flin Flon. God. <laughs> it's pretty goofy. Uh, he said, I looked at Maya 3's outfit uh, from, uh, from the... What was that episode called? The, the War Games episode. You know. I already forgot the name of it. Oh, Taste of Armageddon. Uh -huh. um, he, he, I looked up Math 3's outfit to refresh my memory, and all I can say is it looks like something designed to be taken off in a hurry. Like the brooch <laughs> is a button that makes are. the whole thing fall off. This has nothing to do with anything. It's just the first thing that popped into my head. TOS costume design was off the shits, y'all. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. I gotta say, I think TNG, the, you know, or the original series. I mean, not that I've seen, not that I've seen every series yet, but I feel like the original series has the best costume designs of, of definitely, all especially for women. But I think, like across the board, the best costume designs. Yeah, I don't think they ever got quite back up to the, these peaks. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I think they wanted it to be a little more. Maybe they wanted it to feel a bit more grounded, but I think. Uh, Which was a mistake. Yeah, I think it was best when it was just totally wacky like this. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, I must go. The USS P Poutine has been dispatched to Sector, sector 069. There are reports <laughs> of a giant sentient blob of evil cyborg spaghetti, and we have been ordered to torpedo it with extreme prejudice. Love slow and frequently, Admiral Samuel B. <laughs> oh, and then he says, P.S. Tell Sammy that semi-formal for men means you wear a suit and tie on your upper body and Bermuda shorts with sandals. So... <laughs> Sam B Sam, and Jasper C are on a similar uh, on a similar trend with that. <laughs> I am dressing as a woman. <laughs> I'm glad he's I'm glad he's finally uh, handling the spaghetti problem though. It sounds like maybe just in time it's for, definitely for been the mounting. right. We'll, we'll you know our season one uh, our season one finale will be the final showdown with the spaghetti. It sounds like <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> right. Uh, okay, Sam, well, you want to read our... thank you for writing, Sam B., and thank you for all of your helpful yes, insights and uh, tips about buying Trek-related merchandise. Right, it is always a pleasure to hear from you, Samuel B. You bring a lot to the mix, and we are blessed by your presence, Admiral, mm. sir. Well, watch, <laughs> watch it with the informality. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, Sam, you want to read this message we got from Johanna? Yeah. So, Johanna says, Hi, Sammy and Alex. I'm with you on a taste of Armageddon. 
This episode is based on a really interesting concept, and I did enjoy watching it when I did, but it's not an episode I go back to when I'm in the mood to watch Star Trek. Interestingly, neither is Space Seed, although this is an excellent episode, probably because it gives you quite a lot to think about, so I have to be in the right mood to watch it. Mm, cutting in to say that I totally agree, that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Johanna says, You asked if we liked that this episode is not focused on answering a specific question. I have to say that I first thought that it would go into more detail about genetic engineering. But I do enjoy that it brings up more aspects like dictatorship or how power and ability affects personality or how one would think about humanity and society as a whole. Especially considering that TOS can be blatantly obvious at times, the Omega Glory and Let That Be Your Last Battlefield coming to mind. I liked th that this episode gives you something to think about and discuss and not an easy answer or take home message. Yeah, I totally agree with Johanna here. Mm -hmm. And I really like that she brings up genetic engineering because I feel like that is such a key part of it. And like, I was just yeah. thinking about how frequently like sci-fi explores that. And like the tragedy that it feels like the people that get to make, hmm. I don't know. I've just been thinking about a, a lot about like the future looking kind of like Gattaca, you know, where like rich people are able to like genetically engineer their children to like create this even like greater gap between like wealth and poverty, you know? And I just feel like we are like tending so heavily in that direction. And like, no matter how many like messages we have, like Space Seed, or like, like I said, Gattaca or Jurassic Park, like no matter how much, how many times we talk about like the dangers of like interfering with genes, like ultimately there's going to be like greedy people who are going to do that. And it sucks that it feels like regular people like don't have the power to stop them, you know? Mm, yeah, like it does feel like an issue that we're going to have to like face in a very kind of real way in our lifetime sort of a thing. Like, Which sucks because like I don't want to. Like I just want like I want a future where like people with disabilities are born and like yeah, like that's like a world that I want to live in. So I hate that that is something that's like not within our control, you know? Yeah, it, I mean just in general in society it's so frustrating that so few things are in our control. I won't get into the issues specifically, but obviously this is a week that we would very much like our government to step in and do things about certain yes. things, and they just never, uh. ever effing do. And I'll say it, I'll be political for one second and say, Joe Biden has been asleep at the wheel since the guy got elected. <laughs> like, Man, like, and I, I, keep, I keep hearing people with the, like, let's go Brandon thing. And like I'm just like just say fuck you Joe Biden because yeah. like oh, the, I want to say Brandon it like, me crazy. I say it it's like it doesn't mean something else so there's nothing clever to it it's just a coded way it's like so stupid it's yeah, like so just, yeah just say and you it do, it's all people that would just say fuck you Biden yeah it's like people on both sides can feel that way like ah, anyway. yeah for very oh, different reasons but yeah it just feels like it like definitely like you said like this week especially just feels like we're living in a world that's like getting away from us even more than it mm -hmm. has just been, like you know? everybody in charge gives zero shits about anybody at all and it's just like <sighs> yeah very so yeah kind of apologies for being like overtly political but it just feels so heavy lately you know mm -hmm. no i think i think people would agree with that no matter what side of anything you fall on though like exactly. it's just like <laughs> nobody is nobody is doing anything to improve anything okay i'm so sorry johanna back to your very thoughtful <laughs> letter but like you just yeah, you bring up so many, you, like, you really, really important us. points. Huh? I said, you sparked something at us. 
Yeah, I had to just jump up on my soapbox, which I will return to in no time, I'm sure. But anyways, you Johanna live on says, that soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> Johanna says, I can't believe what I heard about the spaghetti incident the last time. This problem is taking on slightly frightening dimensions. Good luck to you with resolving all this and the Jasper C and Crewman Sunday. I'm still not convinced that outer space related work is for me. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Johanna, that is so fair. It's not for the faint of heart. Johanna says, also, I'm interested in any further information about semi-formal dress code because I need to know this as well. For a Congress, I have to attend. A wedding sounds a lot more fun, though. LLAP, Johanna. Man, so it really sounds like all of the women have these questions about semi-formal dress code and all of the dudes are being wildly unhelpful. Is right. Our, our, our cousin Sam mentioned that she knows that she has the answers, that she knows what semi-formal is. But, and she said yeah. she was going to write into the show and tell us, but she hasn't. So, Sam, if you're hearing this, which you, which I, I bet you are, you got you to gotta write in and tell us. You got to help these ladies. Like, nobody, help nobody us. has you're the answers. You're our only hope. Yeah, Sam, Sam, you're our only hope. So, yes, thank you, Johanna, for messaging us. Hopefully we can get you some answers about this uh, semi-formal. Love, <laughs> love the thoughts. Love hearing from you. So, yeah, uh, thank you Honestly, enjoy civilian here. life. It sounds much safer. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's where things are at. So next segment we have, we're shaking it up a bit today. Normally this is the part of the show where we do guess the plot, where I have to guess the plot of the episode based on the title alone. Uh, but we're trying something a little different this time, something kind of fun. Sammy recently had the opportunity to record a segment with our dad. Our dad was a was a Trekkie growing up, you know, and he, he watched Star Trek his whole life. But a lot of these episodes has been quite a while since he's seen them. And kind of like ourselves, Dad is someone who, you know, like, on a good day doesn't have a great memory. <laughs> so <laughs> I have a great memory, first of all. Well, I don't know. Go back through this show and it might prove otherwise. <laughs> Sounds oh, like you're seeing no. a lot of these episodes for the first time when you're watching them. <laughs> Some of them are simply not memorable. And it's been like 10 years, so. Fair. Anyway, so we've done a segment that we're calling Remember the Plot, where Sammy is giving Dad the titles of the episodes, and he's going to have to tell us what he recalls about them. And I hear he did pretty well in this one, so we're going to cut he over to that. He nailed this one, and I knew he would. I like He remembered the episodes as well as I remember the episodes, I feel like, which is very impressive. Nice, and I'm, I'm not going to listen to this part because I don't want anything spoiled for me. Um, so Yeah. So Good I'm call. tuning out for a second, and here's, here's Sammy and Dad. Okay, so for our next segment, we have a very special guest. Our first guest star, actually. Do you want to introduce yourself? Could be your last guest star. <laughs> See how this works out. I am the father of these two crazy original siblings. Very proud of the work that they're doing here. Oh, yep. So we have our dad, Joe Brisson, is going to be doing some guest spots on our next three episodes. So, Dad, tell us about how you got into Star Trek. I was just... You were there at the beginning. I, not quite. <laughs> just about, though, because I think it was about 1970, 71. Uh-huh. It was an afternoon show at that point. They had quit running it mm-hmm. on the, the Once a Week series. And so every day I hustled home from school <laughs> to watch the latest episode of Star Trek. And what's funny about that to me is that I never knew that there was like an order to it, okay? So yeah. So we're so used to all the serial episodes today, everything. Mm-hmm. That, to me, back then, it was just random. Here's another episode, like uh, Yeoman Rand. I didn't know she wasn't on all the time. Okay? Yeah. 
because she would appear randomly to me mm-hmm. at various shows. And yeah, I'm in randomly. Yes, you. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, so it was different then, uh, and it was there was a lot of space hype back then. We were doing the UFO thing, Project Blue Book. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the, the Air Force was was becoming available and everyone was into UFOs. And so this fit so well. We had just landed on the moon, you know, around that time. People were just space crazy. Mm-hmm. And and they took the show, I think, more seriously than, you know, you do today because you're so used to all the years of sci-fi and such. But mm-hmm. uh, back then it was like, oh, this is, you know, this could happen. This is really out there. <laughs> there could be a pointy-eared guy, you know, from Vulcan and we just haven't met him yet. Okay, so do you want to hear what segment you're going to be doing? Oh, oh I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... The, the senior segment? <laughs> <laughs> kind of. So as you know, as one of our loyal podcast listeners, every week, Alex plays Guess the Plot. Yes. And so today, you're going to be playing... Oh, no. You're going to be playing Remember the Plot. Remember the Plot. Oh, <laughs> I love it. And he's really good at guessing. His he is really good at guessing. Fantastic. Now we'll see if you're as good at remembering. So the ones that we have are just going to be the next three that are coming up. And so they're just kind of random ones. There's one that I think you'll know. And then the other two, I'm not very confident. So we'll see. It's been a long time since I watched. I know. And I'm going to give you the title, which I don't know if you would have even known the titles at the time. So we'll just do our best and we will see. Okay. So for our first remember the plot segment. Are you ready to remember the plot? I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So the episode that we are going to be watching today is called The Devil in the Dark. Oh, boy. (laughs) This is one I was most confident about. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm not. The Devil in the Dark. If I show you a picture, will that that. spark your... Let's prompt it. Okay. Do you want to take a guess before you see the picture? No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I think this is a good picture. Do you remember this episode? Oh, I do. Okay, what do you, can you describe it? Uh, that is where those creatures that are kind of rock-eating creatures mm-hmm. create all these tunnels. Mm-hmm. And it turns out they're on a, this mining camp, and they're finding all these little globes or globulars, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, that in the end turn out to be the babies, or the creatures' eggs. And they've been destroying them, so the creature's fighting back mm-hmm. and is getting after all them and is consuming various men until they finally... Uh, Spock does a mind meld with them, which mm-hmm. is just awesome. Mm-hmm. It's like, you think he put his hand out and his hand would like melt. <laughs> sure, but uh, it doesn't. And they reach an understanding and the creature is in so much pain. And then they bring down Dr. McCoy, who has uh, like a cement mixture and patches the creature. <laughs> and everyone lives happily ever after. And then they, the creatures turn out to be the, the best miners they've ever seen. So thanks for the prompt. Yeah, I know the episode. Good episode, too. Yeah, and just to clarify, the picture I showed him was just this picture of Kirk and Spock looking down a tunnel. And it's like, there's not really any hints there, but I absolutely understand why you just knew it right away. Because it's so, like, one of the classic episodes. And I'm super excited to watch it with Alex. And it just has all of the elements that you want. You know, we have, like, the... Like, the, it looks like there's one problem. And then when they look a little bit more closely, it turns out to be, like, a different problem. You know, like... And it's like the aliens are what we expect them to be. And we have Spock mind melding and we have McCoy kind of begrudgingly like helping this alien species that he doesn't understand. So like, I totally get why you like recognized it as soon as you saw that picture. Yeah. Excellent episode. I I won't rate it, but uh, (laughs) but it was up there for me. I mean, I I enjoyed it because it had 
a, a lot of intrigue to it. Mm -hmm. You didn't know what was going on. Mm -hmm. You knew something bad was happening. Uh -huh. And then it turns out to be, as you've seen in other episodes, just a misunderstanding exactly. between people. And you had that in a couple of earlier episodes, too. Where, yeah. Uh, the one where they had invaded their space, and they were fighting the, oh, the, the, with the lizard. Yeah, the Gordon. Gordon. Yeah. That that was just a misunderstanding, mm -hmm. and they worked it all out. And this was the same sort of misunderstanding. Just yeah, creatures. I think this is potentially one of the best like misunderstandings episodes. And because the creature's so foreign as well. Yeah, it's like it just looks like a big like weird slug thing. Yeah, it doesn't seem like you could communicate at all, and that's what's so cool about Spock mind melding with it. And the idea that it can tunnel through solid rock in seconds and just melt its way through is just crazy. Yeah, and I didn't remember the resolution, but you said that in the end, the miners like learn how to like coexist and work together with them. Right, and they said, these are the best diggers we've ever seen. I love that. And they led them to what they were looking for on the planet. Which is also such a classic Star Trek thing of turning a problem into a solution, or like turning two problems into a solution. Right. Um. Yeah, and taking a conflict and just... Yeah, finding a peaceful resolution with everybody. That episode also has a whole bunch of just like Kirk and Spock running around, which yes, is really it does. fun. <laughs> <laughs> and scary at times. Yeah, lots of suspense for yeah. sure. Now, that's not a normal mode for most Star Trek episodes of uh -huh. being scared. I mean, there's a lot of fight. Uh huh. But the idea of actually being scared is is newer to this episode. Yeah, definitely. Well, great job, Daddy. No, well, thanks. <laughs> I got one. I think you'll do less well in the next uh, one, if I'm being honest. I might need a prop, but we'll see. <laughs> okay, okay. Like watching the first 20 minutes. <laughs> Have you seen this? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> also, when my dad visited, he gave me some cute Star Trek-related gifts. I wanted to share them because they're so fun. So first, the thing that I've been wanting my entire life. Uh, a Tribble. A Tribble! Isn't it cute? Oh my gosh, yeah, you have a Tribble. I wish you could it and it could make those like cute little Tribble noises. That... <laughs> Isn't that fun? That's so cute. so cute. Did I show you that? Did I show you that picture I saw of that Tribble on the subway? Oh my god, yeah! That was oh, so I gotta, funny. I gotta post that on Instagram. Guys, I saw I saw a Tribble in a subway station. <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. Unmistakably a Tribble. So. <laughs> okay, I've also got one more thing. Are you ready? Yes. It's a cup, but look who's on it. It's oh, whitewashed Ahura. Whitewashed Ahura. That's supposed to be Ahura. She looks white and blonde. Yeah, Can you Zoe believe Zoe they did that? What am I seeing? It's like horribly saturated. And I hate to think that it was done intentionally, but you never know. You she know? looks white. I mean, she Straight looks like uh, she looks like Olivia Wilde in, in that yep. image. Like, Absolutely, she does. If you were telling me that this is uh, Yelm and Rand, I would believe it. She is like white and blonde. I'm telling oh you. So gosh. I was just like, ooh, I feel yucky about that. <laughs> <laughs> so but fun but mildly offensive. So thank you, Dad. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, those are some those are some good gifts. <laughs> <laughs> the triple is my favorite though. You're so cute. Absolutely. Oh, okay, so I guess I guess now you gotta tell me what is the episode called? Oh, totally I will. It's called The Devil in the Dark. The Devil in the Dark. Do you want to make a guess? This is the episode where uh, Spock is tickling everybody in the dark when the power goes out on the Enterprise. <laughs> You've seen this one! I've seen it already. <laughs> the Secret Tickler! Yep. This is, how and could I forget Spock's tickling obsession? To yeah. paralyze you as he's tickling you. Using Vulcan hands. 
All right. Yeah, Tickling is much darker in the Vulcan community. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a form of torture for them. <laughs> and now for our feature presentation. Coming in fast on a red planet. I appreciate that it's not another Earth-like planet. Yes, we got a big factory of sorts, it looks like, in the dark. <laughs> I This is one of my favorite sets of any episode. Yeah, this is awesome. We're in a cave. It looks kind uh -huh. of like what are little girls made of, but like much better. It just feels so underground. Sure, we leave, Sam. Yeah, very kind of purpley walls and stuff. Wow, this is really yeah. cool. Yeah. And you'll hear Alex when you listen to the Remember the Plot segment, but I showed him, uh, I showed our dad one picture and he knew the episode right away because it's just like such a memorable like set and setting, you know? Realize before how Interesting. It's already killed 50 people. Keep your phaser in your hand at all times. Is this the one with the lasagna monster? It is. Oh, I have seen part of this. This one is so good. It's one of those, like, it's such an essential Star Trek episode to me. Nice. I'll do what I can. We got uh, a bunch of guys we don't know discussing a, a potential crisis. That can happen in three minutes. Chief, is it true the Enterprise is on its way? It's coming. I love that the Enterprise is, like, infamous. Or, like, not infamous. The good version of infamous. Famous, Famous. I guess. <laughs> right? Yeah, like I like their outfits. They're all wearing like big uh they the look kinda like suits. big pajama onesies almost. They're in like orange or yellow. You get a yellow one if you're in charge, I guess. And this is such a classic like horror movie opening. Mm-hmm. They're underground. There's something that's killing people. He's Something's scared to be alone for three minutes. <laughs> oh no! There it is. The classic, like, from the monster's perspective shot. And him screaming. It's so good. Just another six guys in orange jumpsuits. Burn to a crisp. Uh. Hate to get what a good opening, right? Burned. Yeah, just a classic monster on the loose sort of a thing. You can really tell how good an episode is going to be from the opening, I think. Mm -hmm. Just the tone is very on point and stuff. Mm -hmm. The show was picked up in a major way in the second half of the first season, I gotta say. Right? Not that it was like... Well, and you can tell if they're able to make it like concise what they're about from like the first couple minutes, that's how you know they're going to like, you know, be like... Not all over the place. Yeah, they're on form instead of like kind of yeah, meandering exactly. all over the place for the first few minutes. Right. What do you think uh, as, as they've improved over this season from the beginning to end? And there were certainly good ones at the start, but I, I would say even the good ones at the start are not as good as the good ones in the second half of the season have been, I don't think. Definitely. Yes, they really like finding their like footing. Um, and I think that's why I gave kind of like a lot of low like scores to the beginning episodes because I'm like, we're not really like in it yet, you know? Yeah, now it feels like we're kinda in the thick of it more we so we found it. What yes. do you think what do you think is the biggest change that they've made that has kind of like helped it? Like that they've made I think along the way. More, so I think there's lots of things that you could point to. 
One thing that's big for me is that they're kind of embracing more of an ensemble setup for their show, where mm. I think they really wanted it. Like, the way they initially imagined it, I think, was like, it's Captain Kirk and then kind of this rotating cast of characters where Spock is there, you know, but he's not, like, as important as Kirk. Mm-hmm. And then I think they realized that having, like, a strong ensemble cast makes it so much better. And so we're able to do so much more because, like, we're not introducing as many new characters every episode. We have a lot more that are, like, kind of solid. Yeah. I think that's a big part of it. I think they're gradually discovering what does and doesn't work. I think they're discovering that having like an all powerful like character doesn't really work because they keep trying it and it keeps kind of sucking. Yeah. Um, I think they're also discovering that um, having like members of the crew who are like blatantly not loyal to the ship also doesn't work like i think they're like they're having all these things that they even tried. did that as recently as space seed although she was kind of persuaded i guess but well and i feel like she was like she should be the exception to the rule you know sure. like hers worked that's a something better. that you can she's not do, like the like, guy in the corporate maneuver who's just an asshead like yeah, like it feels like we need to like really feel like we can trust the crew so that when something like that happens, it's significant, you know? Um, so I feel like those are the major things. Uh, what do you think? I might point to the writing of the Captain Kirk character. That's so significant. I totally You could maybe agree. even say the writing all around, but that feels a bit too broad of an answer. But the writing uh-huh. for sure has just imp- improved. But yeah, the yeah, Kirk character, so if I picked something specific, yeah, I think they've got him much better because he was really clunky in the first bunch of episodes. Even as late as Miri, it's like, what is going on with this guy? And so, yeah, I think I think much better writing for Kirk. I hate to say uh, losing Yaman Rand, I think, has gone a long way no, for us. No, definitely. Yeah. I 100% like, agree with that. Yeah, she was like really an anchor and not not her specifically, but the way that she was written was such a just like overtly sexist and like just like annoying part of the show that it was like you, that was right. hard to move past and ignore where it's like what, Super, that if, yeah, if anything totally made the show feel dated it was like just the, how incredibly sexist the presentation of that character was I think yeah that's why I hate Yao Min Rin because she's just like this object who is constantly objectified she's mm-hmm. so like frustrating Absolutely. especially because it takes place in the future The Devil in the Dark. Captain's Log, stardate 3196.1. Love our map painting down here. The production station on Janus 6 has brought the Enterprise to that long-established colony. Mr. Spock, Dr. McCoy, and I have beamed down to meet with Chief Engineer... We got the three boys. I love when it's them. That was so weird. This guy walked over and just kind of gestured to them. Yeah, which wasn't kinda, that weird. It was the gesture itself that was weird, yeah. Like, All right, let's assume there is a monster. What has it done? When did it start? About three months ago, we opened up a new let's level. Let's assume there is a monster. It's because, like, uh, yeah, a bunch of our guys have died. There's a monster, dude. But nobody's seen a monster. Because they all die. <laughs> yeah, I know. The whole planet's like that. But there's lots of explanations. Sure. If mining conditions weren't so difficult, Janus 6 could supply the mineral needs of a thousand planets. But what happened? First, the automatic machinery, piece by piece, started to almost disintegrate. Metal began the chart on the wall <laughs> suggests no things are going really poorly. I, I love that. It is a chart uh, 
declining, it, yeah, ra in rapid decline. The the far right side of the charts is a major dip. Monster is, but I know what it's doing. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, he's got a big map. He pulled a panel like out of the wall, like one of those, mm -hmm. um, like what are they called? I have no idea. Those doors that like you can put them like into the wall. Oh sure, uh, I, uh, Jesus, no, I can't remember. Pocket hidden, doors, yeah. Hidden Susans. <laughs> there we go. Pocket doors. Same way, burned. I'd like to examine the body. We kept it for you. There isn't much left. Roberts will show you. Nice. Nothing I like better than examining a burnt-up body. It isn't pretty. He's the doctor. Now look at the look at the big purple ball on his desk. Uh huh. In Deep Space Nine, Captain Sisko keeps a baseball on his desk all the time. That's uh -huh. like signed by the hologram of a famous player. But it's like just his, his one like personal thing that's on his desk. He puts it there in like mm -hmm. season one or two and it stays there for the rest of the show. I like to think mm -hmm. that this is the exact same. This guy has like <laughs> a famous person's bowling ball that he keeps on his desk all, at all times. It's <laughs> or just like, like a kickball or like a dodgeball. Yeah, it does kind of look like a rubber ball. It's just like really cumbersome. It's like huge. It's <laughs> the one thing he keeps on his desk. <laughs> I have. Oh, we got a guy in a purple suit. This is Ed Appel, chief processing engineer. Ed Appel, you say? Describe it. I can't. I only got a glimpse of it. But it's big and shiny. He's got a real Beatlesy haircut, but he's it's not a very Beatlesy guy. Oh. No. You mean <laughs> shot at it? No, I mean shot it. With this. Fascinating. A good clean shot. Didn't even slow it down. So you didn't get a good look at it. I love when they arrive at a planet and everybody's just pissed. Well, I've made my and then they just gaslight everybody too. They're like, they're, they're like, tell us your story. And they're like, we don't believe any of this. Well, it's not that they don't believe it. I think they're just like, I think they're like going through the process the way they're supposed to. And everybody's just mad because they just want a solution to their problem. Sure, being properly cynical, I guess. But, you know, we've got a guy who says he's seen and shot the monster. Skepticism. Yeah, skepticism. Thank you. That's what I mean. Properly skeptical. What is this? Oh, Spock's taking an interest in the bowling ball. There are a million of them down there. No commercial value. But a geological oddity, to say the least. Pure silicon. A few trace elements. Look, we didn't call you here so you could collect rocks. Thank you, Mr. <laughs> okay, all right, come on. Yeah, because the they're always question. just, they just want, like, what they want when they want it. But, like, there's, like, a protocol, and I think there should be. Yeah. Come on, I mean, I just don't blame them for being annoyed about being, like, gaslit about the existence of the monster. They're not but being gaslit. Kirk definitely said if there even is a monster at all earlier. Bone and teeth left, but the plant's physician agrees with me. A chemical corrosion. I mean, I would imagine that it's possible that there's some kind of superstition that would develop in these, like, mining planets. I don't and blame so, Kirk. I'm just saying I don't blame them for being annoyed that he suggested yes, that. Yes, everybody's, everybody's <laughs> yeah. behavior is everybody's justified. Everybody's justified, yeah. <laughs> the deaths and the acts of sabotage. Here? It's, a, it's, a, uh, it's an intense situation. We gotta find this lasagna monster. Uh -huh. She would have to have moved at an incredible rate of speed. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I've seen the end of Which, this Which, by the way, I like that everybody's justified, because I feel like sometimes they have these, like, situations of, like, false conflict, and I don't think this is one of them, which I appreciate. Yeah, you're right, this feels uh, organic. Within range of our sensors, there is no life, other than the accountable human residents of this colony beneath the surface. Uh, at least, no life as we know it. 
We can't. I really like when they clarify that. Life, but we must get production going. Mm. No life as we know it. I think that's an, an important thing to say. Another appearance of this creature. Crazy. There's not even like bugs or anything down here. Like, you'd expect Spock to more often have to say, like, oh, just a bunch of, like, you know, amoebas and insects and things that we aren't really that interested <laughs> in. Like, okay, we're wandering around the spooky cave set. I wonder how they made this. I mean, I guess the same as I they make all the other set. stuff. I love this set. It's so cool. It looks kind of like the stalactites look kind of like we crumbled up paper. another guy got got. Another guy got got by the definitely existing monster. That's why it's so, like, essentially horror, you know? I love when they get a little horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very classic horror. Uh-huh. Just left a big burnt spot on the ground. Our sensors can pick up normal life functions at a considerable distance. But what about abnormal life functions? Uh-huh. Something's happening in the reactor room. To the reactor room! What an inefficient design. He had to click a button on his desk to open the door. Right. And it's an emergency. That's just got a buddy. Look at that. Let's see. What do we got? What do we got? It burned a perfectly circular hole through the power reactor door. Of course you shouldn't touch it. That's so cute. That's Bog has to point that out. Right. He's Kirk's like, hey, that's going to burn your hand. It burned a door. Yeah. <laughs> Circulating pump. The Best buddies. <laughs> what would Kirk do without Spock's help? I know. Very strong corrosive. Is there a replacement for that? Oh, none. It's outdated. We never had any trouble with it. Kirk and Spock share a brain, and it's in Spock's possession 98% of the time. <laughs> yeah. Kirk, Kirk's only brain power is to invent gunpowder, and that's about all he can do. <laughs> Spock, we seem to have been given a choice. Death by asphyxiation. Death by radiation poisoning. See, I love when they're just so clear about what's happening, you mm -hmm. know? Which one would you choose? <laughs> radiation poisoning. Asphyxiation sounds terrible. No, asphyxiation but I guess sounds like the worst way to die, but it would be much faster. Yeah. Radiation poisoning might be the one thing that beats it. <laughs> How is Scotty just the cutest man? Well, sir, I can put together some odds and ends, but uh, he's always just vibing. <laughs> I love when Kirk's hair is a little messed up too. That's how you know the situation is dire. <laughs> he didn't have time to, to comb back that one little uh, dangly hair. What happens when it breaks down? Hopefully, we'll have found the missing part by then. Hopefully, small chance. We'll have to achieve the alternative. Is to evacuate all you people up to the Enterprise. That's not such a bad uh, alternative. No, maybe we should just do that preemptively. Like, hmm. Yeah, but they need this certain uh, chemical or mineral or whatever pergium is. But not urgently, do they? It was the one piece of equipment absolutely essential. To the well, like if the mine got shut down. No, sure. Send everybody up, find the monster and eliminate it. Send everybody back down. Like. Uh-huh, that would be the smart thing to do. Yeah, maybe we'll do it later in the episode. I don't know. I want to see what they use to mine in these days. What's that? We're in a mine, but I haven't I seen a lot of uh, mining equipment. Life as we know it is universally based on some combination of carbon compounds. But what if life exists? With silicon compounds. Or as I like to call them, 
Silicon pounds. Silicon. <laughs> uh, I was just a little ahead of him. <laughs> I think that's a totally valid uh, hypothesis. I think so too. Silicon pounds. Life would be of an entirely different order. They're like, Spock, please stop coining new phrases in the middle of all this. See, and this is one of those times when it's so cool that they're kind of like the the first explorers of space, you know? Discovering a new form of life. Uh-huh. Made of lasagna. In the planet below us. At home in solid rock. It seems to me that in order to survive... I think Dad might have also called it a lasagna monster. Form of natural armor <laughs> It definitely has a lasagna look to it. Especially since the colonists uh-huh. are armed only with phaser one. But our people have phaser number two. Which I could oh, there's different phasers. And they have the number two phasers that are better. <laughs> there's a scene I like in uh, Deep Space Nine where they're explaining the difference between uh, like phaser rifles and the, uh, like, it's like Romulan disruptors or something. And they go uh-huh. through all the, like, you know, they're like, well, these ones have different settings, and they, like, you know, and are stronger for this, but these ones shoot faster and recharge faster or whatever. It's like, just, they, they take you through all this stuff of it, and it's, it's pretty interesting. Arm them, but two, you make the proper adjustments. Okay, so Spock has to adjust the scanner so that they can detect silicon, if I understand correctly. A silicon-based light. Yes, Captain. Yeah. Yes. You recall that Vandenberg commented there were thousands of these at a lower level. Pay close attention to this ball he's, he's, the silicon ball he's handling. Is it squishy? No, I don't think so. No, look close. I have already given Dr. McCoy sufficient cause for amusement. I would prefer to... No, I don't think so either. I'm just like, it looks, it looks like a big rubber ball. So I like he literally said in like spoken language. He said, "I'm just gonna think about it, so the McCoy doesn't make fun of me." (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting really sensitive to all McCoy's jabs. Sorry, sir, that's about the best I can do, and I guarantee it's not good enough. I love that like Spock figures the whole thing out like so fast, but then like McCoy is critical, so he's like, "All right, I'll just save it for later." Right. Looks like uh, Scotty's hooked up a, a hookah to this uh, big broken. Oh my god, piece it does! You will proceed from level to level, checking out. Man, I love this shot where it's him talking to like six guys in red, and it's like, all right, it's a horror movie. These guys are all gonna get got. Oh no! Jeez. Uh, and one of them's a red shirt and a black guy. Uh oh. Really doesn't bode well for him at all. Yeah, he's gonna be the first to go. Back into production. Mr. Vanderberg, may I ask at which level you discovered the nodules of silicon? The 23rd, why? Damn, this place is huge. Which makes sense. There's a mine, so it is ever expanding, but. May I ask if you have reason? A lot of ground to cover. It's one of the possibilities. Oh, they let this extra talk. I want your people to stay on the top level together and at a safe place. I don't know any safe place, Captain. The way that thing comes and goes. Well, gentlemen, you have your instructions. Let's get at it. Do you want to place bets on how many of them are going to die? All six is my bet. (laughs) (laughs) I guess you already know, (laughs) but... I think I think I'm spot on. <laughs> okay, we got three of them wandering around here. We got two jawlines and one ugly. 
<laughs> yep, yep. The other, the other group, I think, has three jaw lines. Our ratio of jaw lines to goof asses is, is, is uh, a bit off today. And Kirk's exploring the underground with his boyfriend, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's kind of romantic down here, huh, Spock? <laughs> kind of cold, too. Maybe we should hold each other. Where do you think the light source is coming from? Traces. Uh, you mean uh, in universe? Um, in universe, obviously. I understand boy, how lighting I on TV shows they works. Have, I assume they have a light, light set up down here, I guess. But bearing okay. Maybe they have. Maybe maybe there's some glowing rocks that they're just counting on that are just out of frame. More silicon, you say? Oh, this this red suit, this jawline is, is alone. Oh, horrible hair. Mm-hmm. He's like right between jawline and ugly <laughs> because he's got like great bone structure, but the worst haircut I've ever seen. It's like a comb over, but it's like combed forward partially. Oh, it's kind of like if you had anymore. straight across bangs that were like, you know, kind of offset about 45 degrees. Yeah, totally. 45 degree angle bangs. Oh no, he got turned to ash. It's like just his bangs are on the ashes. (laughs) (laughs) That was definitely him. It's like he stuck it. It's like he has a normal head of hair and he stuck a toupee on his head for good measure. Yes. Yeah. And it's like slightly crooked. Or he had like uh, those clip on bangs, but he just, he he missed. Like he he couldn't get them on straight, sort of a thing. (laughs) He was applying them without a mirror. Right? He was like, how's this? Everyone was like, for the best. Good. <laughs> they look great. Why do you want clip-on bangs again? <laughs> <laughs> okay, this, this hang on. My readings indicate it was made within the hour. Moments ago, in fact. Are you certain? Positive. This tunnel goes back as far as the eye can see. Our best machinery couldn't cut a tunnel like this. Not even with phasers. Indeed, Captain. I'm quite at a loss. Here he uh, is! Here it comes! It's the it's lasagna the monster! monster. He's oh, so shit. cute. Oh my gosh, he looks delicious. He's right at them. Do you think that's a guy? That has to be a guy, right? Yes, absolutely. It's just a guy crawling on How like, fun his is elbows that? and knees. I'm pretty there sure. he goes into his tunnel. Slinked that's away. the shot I sent Dad. This one right here where it's the two guys oh. looking down the tunnel. That's a good shot. These walls are hot. Uh-huh. Indeed. Spock is doing the, uh, the, the Asian crouch. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Perfect. Oh, yeah, totally. Yes, we saw it. Where does this tunnel go? Oh, we got two jaw lines showed up to help. I don't know. I feel like the back guy's an ugly. Yes. <laughs> he just looks like it next to the giant jaw line that's next to him. The front guy looks like ugly, if, dude, if Jay Leno you. was attractive. <laughs> oh, man. This this puff of lasagna, it left, it left a chunk of itself behind, and it's... It like Mineral breathes. Beer. It looks like. Your guess was right. Yeah, this is definitely making me crave Italian food. Absolutely. Yeah, looking at this creature makes me hungry. Creature of the deep rocks, capable of moving through solid rock as easily. I think that this is the episode where they came up with the costume, and then they were like, "Check this costume," and then the writer was like, "I'm gonna write an episode around this." I think it happened in that order. That's funny. Oh my god. What a. <laughs> What a goof-ass costume. We had a weapon set for silicon. I think it's fantastic. Yet we only damaged it. It's It's very silly. I do like it a lot, though. No. 
As I have mentioned before and will mention again, I'm big on rubber suit monsters. We love them. Um, another not-so-fun fact. I guess Shatner's dad died while they were filming this episode. Oh, no. Yeah, so it's kind of one of his favorites because, like, they decided to, like, keep filming, you know? Mm-hmm. Because he's a professional, I guess. That's what dad would have wanted. But he, like, wanted to finish filming it, yeah. Damn. No wonder his hair is so messed up. <laughs> I've run a complete spherical check on all life forms, Captain. Radius 100 miles. I've located our men, all of them. And I've located one creature moving rapidly through native rock bearing 200. <laughs> that's probably uh, that's probably the one we're looking for. One creature in 100 miles. Exactly. Captain, there are literally thousands of these tunnels in this general area alone. Far too many to be cut by the one creature in an ordinary lifetime. Mm. And we're dealing with more than one creature, despite your tricorder readings. Or we have a creature with an extremely long lifespan. Or it is the last of a race of creatures which made these tunnels. A lot of, a lot so, of speculation here. If it is the only survivor of a dead race, to kill it would be a crime against like, science. That's my boy. Uh, that's what I love that Spock brings to the table. 70% marinara sauce. 15% like, mozzarella he cheese. <laughs> like, he doesn't care about, like, the fact that this is, like, a really, really important mine. He cares that this is potentially, like, the last of, like, a creature. He's got in, his like, priorities straight. And you know who you know who would agree with him? I'm sorry, Mr. Spock. Who? Dr. Crater. I see no alternative. Oh, myself. my God. <laughs> <laughs> what a throwback, huh? Gathering in the main tunnel. Yes. This but so it is wounded. And therefore, this lasagna okay, monster is like a water now. buffalo or if you see it, they've got eight red shirts now. Bird. They got eight red Wait, shirts. Wait, can you pause out. it for a second? Yes. Cause I wanna like sit with that for a second. Because what I want to say is that a creature that is like actively killing people in order to survive. Like it's morally acceptable to take out that creature. Like in that, in the very specific situation of the first episode. Mm -hmm. But in this case, this creature is preventing them from mining something. And they keep saying that this, like there's all of these planets that are dependent on this mine to live mm -hmm. so like as far as like creatures being stopped because they're preventing the life of other creatures go it should be the same thing but i think that like killing people directly versus just occupying your own home are two like different things you know that's my assessment of the situation what do you think i think you could probably make a case that the salt monster was I mean, once again, from a, you know, I've, I've, for whatever reason, end up presenting a utilitarian perspective on things, which is not my philosophy. But if I'm thinking about from it's a utilitarian perspective, it's the easiest philosophy to defend. It, it, it's it's at least the easiest bad. one to define, for sure. It's like the, um, the salt monster, you know, while it was doing nothing productive or preventing nothing productive, as this creature is stopping them from doing something productive. Both creatures are in a situation where we could pretty much ignore them and leave. Like, the salt monster 
was on that planet and you could have just left it there. Like, even as it killed people, and they it probably would have died eventually. There. But like, so be it, you know. Yeah. Like, and so I think Sam, I agree. I think that like leaving leaving something alone is often the best course of action. Yeah, and in both cases, that's what they should have done. And in this case, they have yeah. uh, a resource that they want, so they're kind of more justified in coming after this. But they're still this time though they're actually being preserving of it, unlike they were with Salt Monster. Although. In that case, I don't think they knew what the situation was like they do right now. So they didn't they didn't have the information to make that decision at the time in the Salt Monster episode. So the yes, writing is but, sound. Yes. But in both cases, like the problem is the human interference. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And in this case, unlike with the Salt Monster, where they just kind of came and brought her some stuff and were like helping her, in this case, we're we're invading its territory, sort of a thing. Um so that's interesting too. So we have like less of a right to be interfering with this creature than we did with the soul monster, you know? I still think I agree with what you said that like the solution to the problem is to leave, you know? I think oh, that's totally. often yeah. the problem. And I think that sometimes the writers establish that leaving is an impossibility, but I don't think that they did with the salt monster one. No, yeah, they could have left with the salt monster. There was no reason to stick around. But yeah. they well, they didn't know though. They just didn't, they didn't have the information in the Salt Monster episode. Yes, you're right. Okay, we can continue. I just thought that that was like an interesting thing to bring up. No, totally. Good, a good parallel. Uh, but it can be heard. Okay, be so heard. before I started uh, talking about Gentlemen, if you'll examine your what they should do from a moral perspective, I was saying there are two additional red guys now. So now we have a. I think there's three. We have eight. Group. And I yeah, guess there's we three lost additional red guys because we had six. Directions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we lost had one earlier. six, lost one, added three. Right. <laughs> oh, That's we got red two shirt uglies. Two uglies. Actually, well, the one of those uglies was the rabbit. Was the giant rabbit? Oh, on the far end there. That's it. Man, he is in like every episode. No kidding. That's so funny. Which we saw that when we looked into it. It said he was in like, you know, like 58 of them or something. So it's like... I merely thought that if the opportunity arose... I will lose no But he'll always be the giant See, rabbit Spock is doing... Spock is doing the right thing. Yeah, why is Kirk well, being like this? Spock. Especially... What's the plan to kill this thing again? Didn't they just establish that phaser fire doesn't really do anything to it? <sighs> yeah, but Spock is trying to protect the interests of the Federation, whereas... Wait, did I say Spock? Kirk is trying to protect the interests of the Federation, and Spock is trying to protect the interests of all life. Sure, but we can do that without... Uh, we can do Kirk's thing without killing it. We can do both things, is what I'm saying. Kirk is being very uncompromising. That's why Spock said capture it. Yeah, of course, yeah. Spock is right, as it's, always. Yeah, he is. He's always right. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> funny how he's always right. Ever tell me the odds, Spock? That sucks. That, that's how unlikely it is for them to be killed, I think is what he said. Those are pretty good odds, Mr. Spock. And they are, of course. I think he said that's how likely they are to both be killed. No, I think he said that's how unlikely it is for them both to be killed. Wait, let's go back. Huh. In this search, against one creature, the odds against you and I... Against you and I being yeah, killed. Yeah. So, sure enough. Yeah, so there's like no chance of them dying. 2,228. I think... I don't know, I'm, I'm still confused. Those are pretty good odds, Mr. Spock. And they are, of course, accurate, Captain. Of course. There's no way well, he'd be I able to calculate the, word, 
Especially given how many unknowns there are in this situation. You might as well stay. It's like a creature yeah. they've never fought before. He's like, I can calculate exactly how likely it is this creature will kill Using us. all available information. Sure. How many, how many uh, cups of tea do you typically drink during one of these? I'm talking a lot, and so I need something warm, you know? No, and I, I don't blame you. I just, I, I feel like you drink like five or six every time we do one of these, and I'm like, man, oh, she downs that tea. Every I only fill it halfway out. Okay. So probably like three. Okay. And we'll use clubs. We're not being chased away from here. We're staying. We'll use clubs? You are so stupid. You deserve to die for trying to use clubs against this monster that's been, like, eating everybody. That is made of rocks. And by the way, I don't even, like, when I'm saying the word monster, I'm not saying it in a bad way. I'm saying it in a, like, Guillermo del Toro way, you know? Just to clarify. Yeah, Sammy, stop being so offensive and calling it a monster. You should be calling it an unknown it's creature. Something it's something strange and misunderstood. It's not a bad thing to be a monster. Sure, sure, yeah. Spanderberg, take two men. Go through that tunnel there. One of, one of our right. guys just has Good a bat. Good luck taking on this creature with a big metal club, you dumbass. Yeah, looks like a, looks like a baton from a, like a, like a track and field baton. Man, this guy in the pink outfit totally thought he was going to be the main character because he's wearing a different color, but he's not. Yeah, I wonder what that means, that he's like part of a different department or something. Sure. Intuition. They actually, it was actually a prank that they played on him. It was like razzing him on his first day. They're like, oh, here's your uniform. He's like, uh, Your everyone... special outfit. Yeah, it's like every single other person in the place has an orange outfit, and this one is purple. They're like, that's right, you wear the purple one. <laughs> Captain. Fresh readings within the hour. No, there's other people in purple. We just like never see any of them. <laughs> totally. Thousand yards further. You take the left. All right, we're kind of Scooby doing around now. Uh huh. Spoke What's split up, gang? Two tunnels, two of us. We separate. Spock's like, okay, but let me tell you the odds of you dying now because now it is like a one hundred percent chance. <laughs> He's like, hear me out, Captain. We both go all the way down one tunnel, then come back, then we both go down the other tunnel. It, it would take about 30 yeah, seconds Yeah, but they want to try to, like, trap it. Of course, sure. They've got it surrounded. Spock has to has to take the short tunnel. Obviously. Kirk gets the tunnel. Kirk could he can never just walk get caught down in the short Spock tunnel. Even though crawl. Kirk could walk in the short tunnel just standing up normally. <laughs> oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, Kirk is also in a little tunnel. Don't worry, guys. Okay, all right. I love this. They're both just creeping down the tunnel. Hope Very nothing suspenseful. bad happens. Oh, Kirk's back to regular standing room. Oh, we but found he balls. found a ball sack or a, a ball nest. <laughs> Mr. Spun. Yes, Captain. Found a whole layer of these silicon nodules. Of they just came up with the word nodules so they didn't have to say balls. Mm hmm. They're balls. Most illuminating, Captain. Be absolutely certain you do not damage any of them. It's like, I'm going to come up with another shorthand here, Captain. We're going to call them silly balls. <gasps> Here's the monster. The lasagna monster's here to defend its silly balls. Are you all right? Jim. It, it got out of there. Uh, you know he's concerned when he says Jim. Jim, Jim. Yes, Mr. Spock, all right. We seem to have had a cave oh. Spock was so concerned. I know it's so sweet. Uh oh, he there's nodules everywhere. No, 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 you better 
Sammy, call them silly balls. That's what Spock designated them. Besides, it is necessary. The charts said the tunnels meet further on. Very well. I find it extremely disquieting that your roof chose that particular moment to collapse. Please proceed with extreme caution. Did Kirk not see the monster? Very well, Mr. Spock. It's hard to miss. There's a lot going on. It is defense. Oh, this is a new effect, big time. Oh, yeah, look at that. It burned through a wall and it's oozing out. A perfect hole right in the wall. He's so cute. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> He's full of uh -oh. delicious beef. It's coming for him. <laughs> Kirk is overcome with hunger. Kirk's brave. He's not scared. He's just it's looking like, right at him with this phaser out. Oh, Mamma mia, I'm gonna kill ya. <laughs> All right, it's a standoff. Kirk, Kirk, and the lasagna—they're squared up to each other. Look at his little feet. He's so silly. It looks—it looks great, at least in terms of like it's convincingly so cool. looking like it's Whole a magma thing. monster, magma. Right. The like bottom of it is very convincingly like not a, a person. However, they are. I know, right? The, the way they're crawling it's a good it's a good suit actor is what I'm trying to say I guess well yeah and especially for like a complete like a non-carbon based life form they could just make it look like as like non-creature like as possible you know mm -hmm. it, it it's very silly though it looks kind of like if I was to throw a blanket around over my head and kind of crawl around on the floor <laughs> like totally yeah but like you said good acting if you uh, I, I used to play that the game with the dog where you the blanket monster where you're coming out of the blanket <laughs> Or when we used to play the blob. Oh, Spock is like, I don't want to kill it unless it's threatening my boyfriend. Kill it. I thought you were the one that wanted to kept Open negotiations with it, sir. Jim, your life is in danger. You can't take the risk. It's so cute. It seems to be waiting. I remind you, it is a proven killer. I'm on my way. Spock out. Yeah, you're right, Spock. Spock changed his mind really quick when Kirk got wasn't became in danger big time but i think that if spock was in danger i don't think that he would kill it you know that's true it's just he cares more about kirk than himself because he's all about the needs of the many mm -hmm. the needs of the lasagna monster outweigh the needs of the spock <laughs> the famous expression yeah as they say well what do we do just talk it over there we go. Yep, we're <laughs> trying. Uh oh, it's got an egg yolk on its backside. Oh, you can be hurt, can't you? Showing him. Look, you shot me earlier. Now I've got an egg yolk Just on me. <laughs> it's your move. We zoom out to reveal they have a connect four no, board no, between them that they're dropping these silicon, these silly balls in. <laughs> Kind of beautiful in a way. Spock, what if we replace bones with this thing? What do you think? <laughs> He's it like, I think I found third. my new Yao man. Yep, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you just stuff the lasagna monster into a tiny little mini skirt. I also feel like in this moment we're kind of seeing like farm boy Kirk, you know? Sure, finding a, a creature and kind of like getting excited about it, totally. Uh huh. Fascinating. 
made no moves against you. No. Seems to be waiting. I tried talking to it, but it didn't do any good. You know what we have to do, Spock? Yes. Look at all those silly balls. They're all through here. <laughs> all over the place. Thousands of them. Yes, I see. It means something to you? Possibly the answer, Captain. It's a collector. It has no real use for them. It just thinks they're cool knickknacks. <laughs> You're aware of the Vulcan technique of the joining of two minds. I has love it been called part. mind melding yet, or not yet? You think you can I don't think that? so. We've only even seen her do it once before, awesome. haven't we? With the crazy guy from the the Dagger of the Mind episode. I know it's. A and he did it through a door to a guard in the Taste of the Armageddon, I think. Sure, that wasn't quite mind melding though. That was more just like telepathically convincing him to open a door. <laughs> yeah, which was like, I feel like that was a little bit cheating. Yeah, yeah, we we decided that wasn't. Uh, we retconned that. It it didn't count. <laughs> he can only yeah. do it that one time. This is me trying to make friends with my new bunnies that are kind of sh scared of me. <laughs> He's sneaking up on it. Oh boy. He's gonna mind melt I guess Spock lasagna. doesn't hesitate. He's like, all right, let's go. Ah! Uh oh. Like, no, actually, Captain, I haven't even started the mind meld yet. I just stubbed my toe on my way over there. <laughs> waves and waves of searing pain. Like, oh, you're so dramatic sometimes, Spock. I love that Kirk catches it. Right. It's crawling its way up a rock. It's writing in English. No kill. I. No kill I. Close. What is that? Plea oh. for us not to kill. Surprisingly good at understanding oh, their language and even more so writing it. Evidently, it gained an immediate Almost knowledge like of us from its empathy. Doesn't with make me. any sense. <laughs> in my brief contact with the creature's mind, I discovered it as a highly intelligent, extremely sophisticated animal. In great pain, of course, because of its wound. It got pretty darn not close. Not at all like a wounded creature. It calls itself a Horta. A Horta? A Horta. Horta hears a who? Horta. <laughs> Mr. Spock, we need that retardation mechanism. Uh -oh. We must reestablish <laughs> communications. Captain, it has no reason to give us the device. And Kirk, apparently kind of every offensive. reason for wishing us off this planet. <laughs> yes, Kirk, not cool. If we could only win, it's... We don't say that anymore. Confidence. Dr. McCoy, this is Captain Kirk. Yes, Captain. Grab your medical kit and come down here on the double. I I'll love when they have McCoy, like, treat anything non-human because he comes in with his, like, buggy eyes and he's just like... It's like, what is it? He, like, makes the face he made when Spock mind-melded with him where he's just like, ooh, I didn't like that. Reestablish communication. Pones is a wacky dude. Suddenly took to murder. To obtain that kind of communication, Captain, 
it will be necessary to touch it. But it looks so squishy, Spock. Are you sure? It looks hot. You think everyone is hot in this show, Sammy? And even the lasagna monster? It doesn't even have arms or legs. <laughs> no! <laughs> Physically. You can, you, I guess you can marry it later and marry Kilponfar. No. What if when he like burnt a message in the ground, he just like did like a series of emojis? Like it was like the monkey covering his eyes <laughs> and like an apple and like, like the dancing the flame. girl. <laughs> <laughs> the puking face. All right, the mind meld has begun. Let's do the mind meld again. Yodo here, Captain. You all right? Perfectly all right. Where are you? We're at the end of the tunnel. Mr. Huh. Vandenberg and his men. It's like the red suits have all decided to stop doing their it's work. It's like they're pretty ugly party. compared to my perfect jawline. Allow them in here. It's like it's me, the one red suit who gets dialogue, sir. <laughs> yeah, they're all having like a little tunnel party. It looks like. While while these two are doing all the work. Well, they're they're more of a mob. They want to come get him. Devils. They are. Who was the real devil in the dark? I'm telling you, it's Guillermo del Toro, as a Star Trek episode. Altar of tomorrow. You're right. It's very much with his themes. There's a monster that's nice, and there's a a military guy who's evil. Yep. Except not as profoundly evil as a bad guy in a Del Toro movie. Yeah. That's like another layer of evil. Mm -hmm. He's always got to have like a really evil dude. Monsters! See, and from his perspective, they're the monsters. Oh my gosh. What in the name of... <laughs> Bones is here. He looks exactly as Sammy said he would. <laughs> <laughs> Is Spock doing? It's wounded badly. You've got to help. Help that? <laughs> what's he? What's he not? I'm a doctor, not a. I'm a doctor, a doctor not, not a veterinarian. Italian damn it. chef. <laughs> not, not an Italian chef. End of life. Not a geologist. Not a not volcanologist. He's scanning the, the egg yolk, which is the hurt part. When the lasagna okay, monster gets turned, how it turns often into eggs. McCoy treats like non-human life forms that he's like so never encountered before. Yeah, like he has to be like the most genius medical mind. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. Right? Not a bricklayer. Not a bricklayer. That's a good one. Okay. That's an order. Had it how do you That's heal a rock when it gets hurt? Just solidify it, freeze it or something. They'll figure it's it out. Tell it we're trying I to also help. like how we see what an intense impact mind melding has on Spock. I think that's I so see. interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that he can't just do this willy nilly with no consequences. He like uh -huh. really takes on a lot when he does it. Especially for a guy uh -huh. who- Cause like, like he said, you know, like a couple minutes ago, it is like an empathy thing, you know? Yeah, and for a guy who seems like he mostly kind of buries his emotions pretty deep down, it really brings everything right to the surface. Yeah. Exactly. Interesting that they would have this power. Yeah, totally. 
But like, it's all about like the control of emotion. So I think it makes sense. Yeah, totally. Their, their whole society obviously has some sort of emotional ties. I also like that Spock is just saying some like kind of wild phrases right now. And I feel like it's like because he's trying to like translate something kind of untranslatable, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, something that's not really thinking in like human terms. Exactly. In the vault. In the vault of tomorrow. tomorrow. Sounds like this thing has a treasure hidden somewhere down here. Sorrow. For the murdered, murdered children. children. Oh. Spock is crying for the dead so baby lasagna sad. monsters. See, this is, I like this as a monster episode. It's like, we have a monster, but we didn't just find it and kill it. Now we have to, like, help it out, you know? It's like a... Yeah, that's what makes this such an essential Trek episode, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's It's very kind of The problem is not what it appears. Yeah, from, like, your kind of typical monster flick. For the end of things. Yeah, and, like, the human perspective isn't the only perspective that needs to be considered, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And Spock is capable of giving us the lasagna's perspective. There is a passageway. Mm-hmm. Yep, good writing. I'm with it. <laughs> like, wall-to-wall good writing. Mm-hmm. All right, let's see. There's another tunnel that the lasagna monster told Kirk to go down. Hopefully it's not a trap. And here is where you're going to wait. That murdering monster's in there, and we're going to go in and kill it. The angry mob is chit-chatting. <laughs> Angrily. Mostly about how they want to kill Lasagna. Listen, we've got a lot of toxic masculinity in here, and it has to be directed somewhere, sir. If we can't direct it at that monster, we're going to direct it at each other, damn it. There's, like, a time limit, you know? They can't just, like, take forever to solve this problem. There's, like, people who are, like, actively, like, wanting to come and fuck shit up, you know? So they have to figure mm-hmm. it out fast, which is which always makes it good. Yeah, it goes with a kind of has kind of like a similar vibe to like Frankenstein or something with the angry mob. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the silly Which balls are hatching. It looks monsters. like. That's right, Lieutenant. Just beam it down to me immediately, and never mind what I want it for. I just want it. Now move. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how Bones talks to his subordinates. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. He probably made like a weird request, mm-hmm. and he and just doesn't have to explain orders. it. Yeah, he doesn't have to explain it. It's not part of his job. Oh, poor Spock. One. This is so sad, because like this creature experienced genocide and is like the final survivor. Like that is like. Mm-hmm. It so seems to intense. be conscious of all that and carrying the weight of it with it. It's not just a scared exactly. animal. It's like. Uh, a sentient being in its own way. Yeah, definitely. And it's got hundreds of eggs here, it looks like. In these silly bowls. <laughs> I found the units in there. It's in pretty good shape. And I also found about a million of these silicon nodules. They're eggs, aren't they? Yes, Captain. Eggs. And about to hatch. Looks like this one already Which hatched. is what Spock has been suspecting the, the whole time. Their operations. Destroyed oh, thousands. no. I wonder. There. They're coming. 
<gasps> what the fuck? What's wrong with these miners? That was not okay. Jesus. The, the angry mom guy. just took out all the red shirts. The purple guy has a lot of anger built Very up violent. from being dressed in purple, it seems like. He's like, this prank isn't funny yeah, really anymore. compensating. Mm-hmm. No, don't fire! Kill it! First man that fires is dead. Good. Thank you, Kurt. That thing has killed 50 of my men. You've killed thousands of them. We'll kill another 50. What? <laughs> Those round silicon nodules that you've been collecting and destroying? They're her eggs. Tell them, Mr. Spock. Oh, now Kirk is designated uh, a she, huh? Yeah, she's uh, laying eggs. I mean, that's like our limited perspective, but it's valid. But it's just that we know how Kirk generally feels about uh, females. <laughs> I think Kirk has plans to get together with this lasagna monster later in the episode. Uh-oh, now it's time for the porn segment. <laughs> we knew it was coming in here eventually. Mild. Shatner said, this is one of my weirder sex scenes, but I'm not going to say no. <laughs> my father just died, and now I'm going to have sex with this heap of lasagna for TV. When her children are in danger. Roddenberry's like, listen, we were doing a lot of coke, a lot of smoking, a lot of pot. Like, I really like how quickly this guy changes his mind and is like, oh, like he like realizes that that's like a bad thing that happened, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's not just like a crazy guy, unlike this dude in purple yeah, which who's is like a awesome. fucking maniac. Yeah. Yes, I know. Here's your circulating pump. Hmm. Circulating pump looks a lot like a shake weight. <laughs> treasure house if you had the equipment to get out. No wonder he's so worked up he hasn't had it. Okay, wait, listen. And it leaves tunnels. The greatest natural miners in the universe, seems to me. We could make an agreement. Oh, I see. We'll employ them as unpaid labor <laughs> to mine for us. Well, they'll work together. Sure. Sounds like they'll work for us. What are we providing them? Sounds all right if it'll work. Not Except killing them. <laughs> the forty is badly wounded. Yeah, but I don't know. I like. I guess it wouldn't have to do it if it didn't want to. But can cure a rainy day. Bones hands. Oh, well, I had the ship beam down a hundred pounds of that thermal concrete. You know the kind we use to build emergency shelters out of. It's mostly silicone. <laughs> See, I'm telling you, McCoy is such a king. <laughs> <laughs> that is quite a creative medical solution. Um, and I would also say, like, in regards to, like, the Horda is going to be unpaid labor, like, this is a future where everybody's unpaid labor. Like, everybody's doing oh, jobs right. because it's, like, important to do, you know? Yeah, it seems weird that all these people chose to be angry miners, but, you know, <laughs> who am I to question it? Well, but it's like, everybody has their passions. Sure, yeah. I could do anything in the galaxy, and I think I just want to move some dirt around. I think that's like a valid thing to do. You don't look down on manual labor. I'm not, but I don't think it's all they, things that I don't think they choose happen. to be miners for the love of it. What? I don't think miners choose to be miners because they love mining. Like, pause the show real quick. So in the future, there's just going to be like no need for miners. I'm not saying there'll be no need for them. I'm saying if you could choose any career, how many people 
if they could choose anything, including to not work at all, which is an option, how many people are going to choose to be miners? So you think that the only way that we will have laborers is if we exploit them? No, not not if we exploit them, but but what's the benefit for them? Why do they want to mine, I guess? I also don't think that they're just miners. I think they're scientists. All of them? Some of them just seem like dum-dums. <laughs> guy in purple seems like a dipshit. He doesn't seem like yeah, he enjoys anything. Yeah, but even he had, I missed it, but he had some kind of job. Like, they're all important people. And, like, the actual, like, labor of, like, mining is done mechanically. So sure. they're all, like, mechanics so and scientists. Machines. Like, they're not just, yeah, exactly. And Still, also, I if feel we, like... If like, you could have any career, would you want to just be doing something like... You know, like, yeah, and I think there's some jobs that no one would want. I do think that. Like, I think minor might be one of them. <laughs> like, yeah, but people don't want to be minors because it's like an unsafe job to have. And like, it's it like wrecks your body. So if you could like do it in a way that was more like sustainable for sure, your body and for your health, then I think that a lot of people would be fine with that as a job, you know? I suppose so, maybe. And, like, on the Enterprise, they have people, and, like, I mean, not on the Enterprise, they have people who just want to be bartenders. And, like, well, that's reasonable. I think that, like, in the future, kind of awesome. like, <laughs> I can okay, see but I think you're that, letting, like, you're letting, like, your desire for work dictate what you think that everybody would want to do. Sure, but there must be some career, like, okay, I know they always get thrown, thrown under in this conversation, so I'll use them, I guess, just to stick with the stigma. Who would want to be like a garbage man or like or like a janitor or something if you could be anything like? Yeah. OK. I'm not saying that those so, like, are like inherently shit jobs, but like but they're like if you could be anything. Like who's picking there are that? definitely there are definitely people who like just want to like listen to podcasts and like clean or like do a little job like those people exist like. They just want to do a job and not really think about it. And that's totally valid. You think so? You don't think those people would rather be not doing a job? Well, Especially when you consider guess, like how many hours think, you have to work for one of those types of positions. But maybe not. Maybe in the future you would work like a 10-hour week, you know? Like there's like there's all these things that we've taken as like rules that aren't actually rules, you know? And, like, if you never had to work, you would probably get a little bit bored. You might be like, oh, I think I want to do something with my time and help my community or, like, whatever. Like, yeah, but I just don't think like it would be one of those. That's, like, It's really hard to imagine wanting to be one of those types of positions. I think there's definitely people out there who just want to, like, listen to an audiobook and pick up trash and are totally happy to have that as a job. Okay, fair enough, I guess. You need you quite can disagree a lot. With me. You need quite a lot of people, is all I'm saying. Yeah, but like with like automation in the future, like we could have that many people. Sure. And a lot of things are automated, we know, but a lot of but we also know there's not like a robot workforce or anything like that that exists. So it's like things that are done are still being done by humans. Yeah. Probably, probably much just more like easily. some boring clerical job or something. Like just something like really like mundane you know like i just think there's a lot of people that only do their job because they get paid to do their job and it's the thing they're able to do and get paid for sort of a thing hmm 
Yeah, I like, think I love my job, but nobody... I can't imagine wanting to do it if I wasn't paid for it. And like, I, I think I have a cool job, but not so good that I would do it in a society where I can do anything and like money is not a factor. Like, yeah, but that's I can, because I can all of us think are of like a job I've had in my life that would feel that way. I think that's because all of us are like exploited workers. So we can't imagine a situation where we like labor because labor is like part of life, you know? Sure. Yeah, it is just really hard to wrap your head around Star Trek society. Yeah, well, and, like, I've lived, like, I've lived in places where, like, I wasn't, like, all of my needs were met, and I got, like, a small stipend. And so, like, I wasn't working for a job. I was working because I was part of a community and, like, things needed to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a possibility. Sure. Yeah, I guess. All right. I'll extend my disbelief for now because we got to finish this episode. Okay. <laughs> Start the tunnel. Tell us what you Already think, listeners. What do you think about all this? <laughs> I'm afraid to tell you how much gold and platinum and rare earths we've uncovered. I'm delighted to hear that, Chief. Once Mother Horda tells her kids what to look for, you people are going to be embarrassingly rich. You know, the Horda aren't so bad once you get used to their appearance. Well, that's about it, Kirk. Thanks for everything. Our pleasure, Chief. I'd be interested to know how they're communicating See, they did with that the thing. down there. Said about <laughs> um, I love when they like do that thing where they take two problems and put them together to make a solution. It's one of my favorites. Right. <laughs> she thought she could get used to it. Oh, she did. Did she? she thinks the humans are too ugly? Tell me, did she happen to make you <laughs> about those ears? <laughs> Not specifically. And Bones took but this as an option to jump in and be racist. The most attractive human characteristic of all. <laughs> did you hear that? <laughs> yes, the ears were the, were her favorite part. Captain. The Horda is a remarkably intelligent and sensitive creature <laughs> with impeccable taste. Because she approved of you. Really, Captain, my modesty. Does not pass <laughs> examination, Mr. Spock. I suspect you're becoming more and more human all the time. That was definitely, uh, in terms of, uh... I see no reason to stand here and be insulted. <laughs> They're so cute. In terms of a Kirk, Bones, Spock, flirty final scene, that one was definitely, uh... That one was definitely a standout. Yeah, it's definitely one of the tops. I agree. Nice. What a fun episode. And very nice and clear, you know? Yeah. It like just is a show, uh, an episode that kind of perfectly aligns with the themes of the show, you know? Like. Yeah, exactly. That's why, yeah, I feel like it's like such an essential Star Trek episode. And you... Yeah. I think I might say this in the Remember the Plot segment with Dad, so I might be repeating myself. But, like, you get, like, Spock mind-melding. Like, McCoy, like, fixing a problem that seems unfixable. You get, like, great leadership from Kirk. Like, you just get, like, everybody's, like, uh, all the main guys are, like, at their best, you know? Totally, and we got an awesome set and a pretty cool monster that definitely stuck with me. Such a cool set and monster. Yeah, because, yeah, it was about, uh, I guess, a little over ten years ago that I last saw that monster, and, it, yeah, it's, it stayed in my memory. Uh-huh. It's such a cool monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty fun. And, uh, and, like, anything that's just kind of, of just, like, like... We get a whole lot of just Kirk and Spock, like, running around underground, which is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm, yeah, a lot of uh, Scooby-Doing, as I was just saying. Just exploring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which is, yeah, definitely fun. Yeah, anytime it's just, like, a... We're just dealing with the unknown sort of a thing and discovering that maybe uh-huh. the unknown isn't so scary. I think that's like, I think that's just like the core yes, theme of this the show. Yes, that's the whole point. Yeah, core of my uh, maneuver, it, same thing. Like, balance of terror, kind of the same thing too. 
uh-huh the enemy is not who we think it is and like that's like the whole point of like the larger arc of star trek is like kind of that there are no enemies you know we're like mm, we take the biggest bad guys in the first series and then we make them like a member of our team you know like yeah it's just like yeah, it's all about like yeah, we become misunderstandings there's later. no like moral absolutes yeah absolutely yeah and picard they're trying to become buds with like the romulans and the borg and stuff like exactly like it's always about like extending who your friends are, which is so beautiful. Yeah, I really like that. Which is why our Russian pal Chekhov gets to be on the bridge. Exactly. All right, let's take it to warp. Warp drive, Mr. Scott. So for this segment, Alex and I are going to rate the episode we just watched from uh, quarter impulse power to warp 10. That's right. So, let's see. And I always give them the same ranking. <laughs> so, there it is. <laughs> but I'm going to give this episode an 8. I think Ooh, it was a very okay. good episode. I think it was kind of a perfect episode. Like, it didn't... Uh-huh. It wasn't, like, transcendent in how good it was. It wasn't exactly. like a, holy cow, this is like, like, this is like one of the best episodes. It didn't feel that way. Yes. But it did feel like it did pretty much everything right all the way through. In a way that was just very fulfilling and enjoyable, and and very classic Star Trek, just felt uh, just yes. felt on point. Yeah, I just didn't think they, I didn't think they slipped up a lot. Like I don't have a lot of criticism mm-hmm. for this episode. I'm usually so critical. I will say I'm blown away by how, firstly, as I was already saying earlier in the episode, that that the show just keeps getting better, but just like how yes. much of this show there was, like. It just seems like uh-huh. unheard of at the time to produce like basically over the course of like about a year, they've made like a 28 hour or 29 hour sci-fi adventure. Like, uh-huh. it's like it keeps it's getting just, better and better. Yeah. And it's just so much. So you like you kind of expect like the wheels to be falling off as they're going. And it's just it's just the opposite. Mm-mm. It's like it's yeah, it, just picking up the pace. Right. Might have to do with this uh, Gene Elkoon fellow who jumped in halfway through. I bet. uh I bet he's a contributing factor. Um, yeah, maybe he grounded it a little bit. It seems like about the time he showed up, they started like really, the production seemed like it got very just like well done. You know, we didn't get a lot of like ship on the bottle episodes. Like we've had like sets and monsters and things in like every episode lately. Like, uh huh. So yeah, I just, uh, just really, uh, just like what a feat. Like even, even to do this today would be incredible, but like doing it back then, mm-hmm. like was like unheard of. So, yeah, just gotta give credit where credit's due. The show is the show is really impressive. Like, you know, we make yeah, fun of it absolutely. and we, we talk shit, but like incredible, like incredible sci-fi. Uh-huh. You know. I don't want to take anything away from them. Anyway, what do you think of this yeah, episode? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm totally with you. Um, like you said, not like transcendent, not like mind blowing, but just like mind melding. So though. so solid. <laughs> mind melding. And just like exactly what you want it to be. All of the characters doing like being their best selves no women which i have to point out <laughs> yeah i know and there's been a few of those and you know what's funny is almost every time we do an episode with no women i end up thinking it's one of the best ones and it's like because you don't have to deal shame. with any of the like weird male gaze yeah because they just are so uh, which bad is like, at writing women which is like, a that tricky. like yeah the lack of women somehow like elevates it which is like just wrong, just wrong uh, like here yeah, wait let me play great. this Sexism alert. Mm-hmm. Big time. Yep. So yeah, that that, that one is uh, where they lack. Yeah, of and it goes to show that like the way we think 
or the way that women are being thought of is so limited, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like, we can't have a romantic part in this episode because we have too many other things going on. So there will be no women present, you know, like women can't just be people. They're yeah, always women. And, and, and for how elevated their thinking is on so many other things, like uh-huh. just that that is like un, like just unfathomable to them. Just like that uh-huh. women are people like, is just like something they cannot seem to grasp. Like. Absolutely. I hope we see some improvement on that as the show goes on. Although I've Indeed. seen at least the last episode, and I know we we are majorly regressing in that episode. But maybe, yeah, I would. Some other ones I would along hold the my way. If I were you, yeah, it's really disappointing. Um, and even even in Next Generation, they're still pretty bad about it. Like oh, big time! Next Generation is still very sexist. I feel like like not as oh bad gosh, as the show. I read, but like, did I ever tell you this? I read the show Bible for Next Gen, or, like, I didn't read the whole thing, but I read, Mm -hmm. like, parts of it. Yeah. And, like, the character descriptions are so funny, where it's, like, talking about Dr. Crusher, and it's, like, she's a doctor, but she walks like a stripper, or, like, something, like, as, like, fucked up as that. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. (laughs) And, like, it's so funny, because, like, all of the men's description gets, like, not at all into their physicality with all of the women. It's, like... She's got those bedroom eyes. Like, it's not even like she's just attractive. It's like, god, yucky. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's only... We're getting there, fam. But I will say, uh, Deep, Space Nine, Deep Space Nine is, feels like a properly feminist show. There are, there are yes, two from, women in like, the main cast, and they are little, both, little like, like people well-characterized. <laughs> yeah, like... Not just drawn strong, but also like just strong, like well-defined characters with like internal lives and like motivations uh-huh. and just like just well-written characters that are uh, like some of my favorite characters in the show. Like Major, Major Kira yeah. is like definitely like a top top five character in that show, like for sure. Like, uh-huh. But but anyways, back to my warp rating. Yeah, great set, great monster, just like great episode. Great I'm going to say a warp seven for me. All right. Nice. Yeah. Cool, Just cool. Deeply solid. Warp ratings have been given. <laughs> All right. And from here, we're going to go to. Mary Kill Ponfar. All right. Welcome to this episode segment of Mary Kill Ponfar. Oh, we do not so have a lot of options. I'm going to give. <laughs> not a lot. Yeah, we're, we're limited. Um, mm-hmm. I'll just say that right off the bat. Yeah. So I'm going to give Alex three characters from the episode we just watched, and he's going to choose one to marry, one to kill, and one to commit to Ponfar with. All right, Alex, are you ready to meet this week's contestants? Let's meet them. <laughs> All right. Behind door number one. Big surprise. It's Mr. Spock. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Had to have him. Sure. Behind door number two, we have... The silver fox guard with the jawline oh, okay. and he was the good line lines. <laughs> yeah, he got to talk too. And behind, and he was like, he was good. He was competent. Like, yeah, he was. He was good at his job, right? Until uh-huh. he up until he got like slugged with yeah, a until he got laid out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and by door number three, we have um, Giotto. I think is his name. The, the guy who was in charge. Sure, the yellow right. boy. Yeah, I'm gonna kill him. He's an old ugly <laughs> dude. And of course I'll marry Spock, so I'm uh I will eagerly pawn far with the uh, the silver fox guard. <laughs> yep, that's uh, the correct. I feel answer. I feel good about that. I'm excited about this guy. <laughs> we should we should bring him back, in fact. 
Right? Good looking and competent. You don't often get those no, two together. No, it's very rare that I like one of our red suits. Like, usually they're really disappointing. <laughs> like, yeah, usually, usually the strong jawline ones are also like, they're combined with also being totally. The ones addictions. who like, can't listen, they're like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh boy. Okay. All right, All right, so there's Mary Kilpompa. Here's an alternate alternate lineup for you, Sammy. Okay. You're gonna throw the Horda in there, aren't you? Of course. Number one. I very intentionally did not throw the, the Horda. Horda in. The lasagna monster. Okay, number two. The weird fish people from Next Generation played by McFleetwood. Oh, McFleetwood. That's yeah. right. And number three. Oh, geez. Uh the big Tar monster, also from TNG. That ew. Okay, well I'm killing Tashi him. Bar. Okay, because I hate that guy. He sucks. Yeah, he had a yucky. Some, somehow his personality was worse than how he looked too. Like, <sighs> like he was pretty gross looking, Man. but he was also just a real asshole. <laughs> yeah, he was just so yucky on every level. Mm -hmm. Um, this is controversial, but I'm gonna marry the Horta. <laughs> okay. We know the Horta has a I rich really... internal emotional life. Yeah, and also the fish people are so yucky to me. So like I could like I could like get They're really really kind of drunk assholes, as and pot far with the fish people like every seven years. And also, oh my god, they must smell so gross. Ugh, like yeah, totally. Yeah, so I just like couldn't regularly deal with that. Whereas like the Horta, I feel like we could potentially have like. You know, a connection. Sure, I mean it's made of rocks, but it looks squishy. It it's not because it's made of rocks, but it would rock. Anyways, Fair. how about you? Since I'll you made me pick, you have to I'll pick stick those with your out weird of those answer. Three. What? <laughs> okay. So you'll stick with my correct answer since you're agreeing with it. I suppose so. I'll I'll stick with your correct answer. <laughs> my closing thoughts are that the people are often the real monsters. Ain't that the truth? And an enemy is just a friend that we don't yet understand. Oh, okay. I like that. I like that. My thoughts is that uh, lasagna? Pretty good. I'm pro mm, lasagna. That sounds really yummy mm -hmm. right now. Yeah, we should both go... Oh, man, we already got spaghetti monsters in the mix, though. Or spaghetti, sentient cyborg spaghetti. Now we have... I know, I thought about that right at the beginning of this episode. Yeah, we have spaghetti monsters and lasagna monsters now in the mix. Yeah, so I just want to say something real quick to Sam B. You know, I know they told you to just, like, take out the spaghetti cyborg monster, but I really <laughs> urge you, Sam, to look for a different solution. That's right. Hire it for, for cheap Choose labor. Peace. Choose understanding. There's no such thing as cheap labor when money doesn't exist. Maybe it can, uh, you know, maybe it can be like, uh, you know, give, give it like Ahura's job on, on the uh, USS uh, uh, Poutine. It's like, it's that the one that work. answers the transporters. just like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, yeah think, those are my think final Think about thoughts. it. A lot to think about. So, great. Okay. I think that's a, that's a good spot to leave off on. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for writing in. Be sure to keep on writing in and keep on listening. And until next time, live long. And prosper. Thanks for listening to Star Trek The Original Siblings. Follow the show on social media, on Instagram and Twitter at STOSibsPod. 
or send us a subspace message at stosibspod at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. While you're at it, rate us five stars or maybe write us a nice review. Tune in next time, and until then, live long and prosper.